I hope everybody's had a good Sunday so far. It's Sunday afternoon and I'm getting to record uh, from what we talked about this morning. So let's just jump right in. We're in Psalms chapter 1 verses 1 through 6. We want to look at being transformed by the company we keep or being careful of the company we keep. Last week we talked about being transformed by our thinking, thinking the way God wants us to think, uh, thinking more positive in how God does things and following his Ideas And today we want to be transformed by being careful with the company we keep. So let's see what the psalmist says in Psalms chapter 1, verses 1 through 6. The psalmist says this, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither, whatever he does prospers. Not so the wicked. They're like chaff, and the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. So why should I be careful in the company that I keep? Should I even be in the company of sinners? or the mockers, or the immoral. And if I do this, you know, avoid sinners, how do I carry the message of Christ to the lost? Someone even said, and the author is unknown, all the water in the world, however hard it tried, could never, never sink a ship unless it got inside. All the temptations of this world might wear you pretty thin, but they won't hurt you one least bit unless you let them in. This is a theme that's repeated through scripture. To be careful of who we keep company with. That we shouldn't do what all these other people do. So we need to understand first and foremost, number one, we should not let temptation rule our life. Don't let sin get inside because it will sink our ship, if you will. It will destroy who we are. It will destroy our witness and it will destroy our life. Of course, the question is, how does sin get inside? How does sin get in our hearts and in our minds and in our life? What could possibly happen and what could we possibly do that would allow temptation to take us down? And one of those answers, although not the only one, is one way sin gets inside is because of who we hang out with. It's who we are friends with. And we have to be careful because sometimes those friends take us away from who we really are. We're even warned in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says, don't be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Even the writer of Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20 tells us, whoever walks in the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. And even in the text we read in Psalms chapter 1, verse 1, it says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seats of scoffers. In other words, what the Bible is trying to tell us, what God is trying to tell us is simply don't do that. That don't spend time with these people who are wicked, who enjoy sin, who mock righteousness. But why? Why is this important for us as believers, for us as Christians? It's because of this. Because the people we hang out with have an effect on us. It reminds me of a story of a young boy who had a big shaggy dog. And one day he went out to take this dog for a walk while the dog was pulling him more than he was walking the dog. As he went by an older gentleman on the street, the older gentleman said, 
where are you going? And the young boy says, I don't know, but when the dog decides where we're going, that's where I'll take him. So you see, people around us can tend to drag us where they want to go if we're not careful. They always seem to be able to have us follow them instead of them follow us. We end up doing what they do, and they don't end up doing what we do. You see, when you hang out with people who mock righteousness, or they laugh at immorality, and live like the devil, too many times that's what we end up doing. You know that whole garbage in our heart and in our mind, garbage in, garbage out? It can't help but influence us. And God says, don't do that. Don't go there. Why are we doing it? You see, in our culture, there's a term for it. And sometimes we say it's more for kids or teenagers. And it's called peer pressure. But you see, I also, like I said this morning, adults have this too. We allow what other adults want to do. We allow other adults to lead us to where they want to go instead of us leading them to where we want to go. Many Christians do it. They like the food, they like the entertainment, and they like the mirage of being an adult. They boldly but unwisely say, I am not a child anymore. I can handle this. But as Proverbs 13.20 says, the companion of fools will suffer harm. So how many you agree with this? That we should hang out with ungodly people. You know the whole idea of bad company ruins good morals. Maybe you're thinking, well, yeah, this is a trick question. If you are, you know, you're right. Because there's a problem here. Because as Christians, this command confronts us with the conflict we have to figure out. You see, God has told us not to hang out with bad people. Remember the moral ones, the scorners of righteousness, the sinners? And yet one of the complaints that the Pharisees had against Jesus in Luke 15, 20, they said, this man receives sinners and eats with them. Jesus ate with sinners? And you may ask, okay, what's going on here? If the Bible says not to do this and Jesus did it, what's going on? Well, to answer that question, we have to answer another question. And that question is simply, why did Jesus do that? Why did Jesus spend time with sinners? And we find that answer in Luke 19.10, where it says, The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. So is that what God wants us to do? Does God want us to go and seek and save the lost? Of course he does. Does that mean, like Jesus, that we need to spend time with sinners? Well, but now, we have to wait a minute again. Again, if I'm not supposed to be companion of sinners, if I'm not supposed to hang out with the immoral and the unrighteous of this world, how can I possibly spend time with them, eat with them, and be around them? And it's a huge question mark for a lot of Christians. And so many times we as Christians and sometimes we as churches have taken it to the extreme almost. And to err on the side of caution, we said, well, if that's the case and we're not going to hang with them, we're going to stay in our own little group where we can be safe. And we don't have to worry about being swayed or pressured to go their way. So they don't seek the lost at all. They don't build relationships with those sinners or the immoral people of the world. They just pretty much sit back and say, well, if it's up to me, then these people are going to hell. But in Matthew 28, 19 through 20, Jesus commanded us. He says, go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. 
And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. See, I love what it says in that last sentence. It says, behold, I am with you always to the very end of the age. You see, if we're going to do these things that the Bible says we're supposed to do, to go into all the world and to seek and save the lost, means we have to be around the sinners, be around the immoral, be around those people who scoff at righteousness, but we're going to do it because God is with us. And that makes all the difference in the world. So how do we do this without getting our hands dirty? How do we go about this and their bad company doesn't spoil good morals? Someone said it this way. Yes, Jesus hung out with prostitutes, drunkards, and outcasts. Here's the thing, though, it says. By the time Jesus was finished with these people, they weren't prostitutes, drunkards, and outcasts anymore. You see, Jesus came to transform people, not indulge them. And when we understand Christianity is about surrender, not comfort, and when we align ourselves with his standards, not the other way around, we understand what we can do and what we should do. We need to understand that the reason Jesus spent time with sinners was to change them. It was to influence their destiny. In fact, it was to change their eternity. He came to go into their specific settings, to go to where they lived, but to bring them to God. But understand, Jesus did not go to spend time with them to indulge their behavior. Jesus didn't have to go into the bars and have a few drinks with them just to be part of the guys. You see, Jesus never compromised his purity in order to reach the lost. But he went to the lost with a specific goal, and that was to change their lives. But again, the question is, how do we do that? I mean, when you spend time with a non-Christian, in non-Christian settings, and you spend time doing these things... Do we ever think about how we can bring them to Christ? How we can allow our lives to show Christ and what we're doing and what we're saying? When we're with non-Christians and you know they're not Christians, maybe we need to ask ourselves, why are we there? Is it to bring a positive influence or is it just to be part of the crowd? Think of it this way. When you go to a restaurant, we go there to what? Eat a meal. When you go to their grocery store, you go to get groceries. When you go to a movie theater, you go to watch a movie. So in other words, you don't go to a restaurant to buy groceries. You don't go to a grocery store and watch a movie. And you don't go to a movie theater to eat. Now I understand there's some theaters that offer that. Now you can have dinner and a movie and all those things. But those are rare even today. So understand, each thing has a specific goal, a specific purpose. So if I go as a Christian to spend time with people who are lost, we should not go to engage in sinful behavior. We shouldn't go to do just because they're doing it. But we should go, and we need to be with them, but not be part of that entertainment and not surround ourselves with what they were doing. I should go where I go to bring folks to Christ. It's like the big church. I believe it's Oklahoma. It's a big church has multiple services, and I don't know how many thousands of people it has on a weekend of all the different places they reach, but they deliberately reach out to people within their churches to recruit them to go get involved in civic organizations in and around their community so that Christians can have an influence in the community. And personally, I think that's awesome. I think it's a great thing that when we can have this influence in what we do and what we say, 
lot of people don't want to get involved in politics. You know, I don't want to be involved in county politics or state politics. I don't want all the headaches. But when we think about the positive that we can do, even doing that by representing Christ, we can make a difference. You see, my point is this. We need to find people who are lost and make it our goal to reach them for Christ. And it comes down to this. You see, if we believe there's going to be a coming judgment... In other words, if we believe there's going to be a second coming and Jesus is coming back and there will be a judgment, if we believe that, the question is, do we believe people will go to hell? Do we believe that we need to get out and reach the lost people? And if we do, the simple answer is we need to do it. But we also need to make sure we do it with Christ with us, as he promises in the Great Commission, that he will be with us always to the end of the earth. Folks, my courage for you today is to step out and to change somebody's forever. Not by belittling them, not by judging them, but by showing them Christ through us. Hang with them. But don't always do what they have to do because that's not what God asks us to do. He says, go and seek and save the lost. He doesn't say, go and be like them. Folks, let's make a difference in their lives. And let's make a difference in the church. Have a great day, and we'll see you next week.